Hey, welcome to episode 76 of Tangible Takeaways. I'm Jackson. Today I'm joined by Pastor Todd, and we're going to be cooking one of his favorite snacks. Yes, and cooking is a big word for what we're making, but we're going to make some graham cracker and peanut butter ganache. I can't wait to eat it. We're also going to talk a little bit more about his message from this weekend as well. All that and more on this episode of Tangible Takeaways. Pastor Todd, thanks for being on. I'm so glad to get to be here with you today. It's going to be fun. You got to tell me now we're doing our first cooking segment here on Takeaways. What what are we going to be cooking today? We're going to make something I like to call graham cracker and peanut butter ganache. Wow. Yeah. You do it fancy. Really fancy. And you'll see when I start kind of showing you some of the ingredients, it's going to blow your mind. So if somebody wanted to cook along with us today, uh, what do they need? Yeah, let me show you. First off, hence the uh, descriptor, graham crackers. Ah, very nice. Really important. And secondly, what would also be equally important is peanut butter. I would recommend both these brands, though I'm not getting any kind of revenue from either um, Honeymade or Skippy. By the way, peanut butter chunky, big win the way for this go. particular dish. So no kickbacks. Those are just the best. It's just the best. Just yeah. Truthfully the and best. so maybe if I can, uh, do you want to make it with me? Yeah, today? I'd love to. Yeah, yeah it's just me how to make what it. What this is really going to show. Thank you. Always, and this, by the way, this this really does need napkins. This can be a messy, messy okay. deal. Happy the, plates. The ganache goes down like yeah. that. And so um, this is how it works. This is going to really demonstrate the importance of um, how I was a mama's boy growing oh. up and learned to do very little, if any, cooking <laughs> and or baking or anything. I was wonderful at sampling yes. all of my mom's you stuff. You could say, that tastes good. I was great. I should have been a food critic, yeah. but um, not so much at the actual baking. You may take four of those. Four of them. Okay. Yeah. So these are halves, right? Halves of Four. graham crackers. They come halved already? This, this kind halves. is really, oh. Party foul? Party foul. We're going to have to open up another okay. box. I was of the persuasion there were typically eight of these. Look at this. We're just, we're we were shy one. when I wow. got opened a box that was not complete. Maybe Honeymade's not the one to go with. Uh, they didn't give me any money for this. Yeah. I think they should have. They should have gotten this figured out long before I opened these up. All right. So you're going to take four graham crackers. This is how halves. you're going to lay them out. You're going to lay them out as such. Okay, okay so, so two in the middle. And then take these two off to the side for a little okay, bit. Okay, these are off to the well, side. Then we're gonna take our wonderful- Do I want perforation? Uh, perforation, perforation can be on the downside okay. actually, and you'll, you'll see why in a moment. Then you're gonna take your wonderful peanut butter. I tend to be pretty thick. Generous? With my Generous is a great word. With my uh, peanut butter slathering would be the way I would, wouldn't even call this really spreading. And you'll know it can lap off a little bit on the sides, no problem. Hence the mess. Yeah, and then you'll want to do that on both um, sides of the graham cracker. The beautiful thing about these being halves rather than a full, the full ones break quite easily, but now mm. at half size, you're totally good to go. They stay so pretty solid. You're welcome to okay. do the same. So generous. Mm-hmm. We're thinking like that's looking good right there? That's looking good. Okay. Yeah, just lap it on there, slather away. You're going to want to lay it on. What's the backstory on this? How long have you been making this? So growing up as a kid, my mom, this is the wild thing. This is what shows my growth as a human being. My mom would even do this part of literally (laughs) making 
the graham crackers and the peanut butter was not as generous with the um, peanut butter as right. I am. You've but, added a, a couple tweaks. Yeah, recipe. and we would have these kind of like post-breakfast cereal. My family believed in a dessert-ish thing at most every meal. So this would be breakfast dessert on certain days. This is, brec this breakfast is dessert, dessert breakfast. Yes. Okay. And, uh, and then what you're going to do when you're done, uh, you'll place said half graham cracker. Just stick it in there. It's okay. okay. This, is, this is how Todd does it. My mom would not have. Place said graham cracker on top. On top. On top. Do I want then, a smush or? A little smush is a fine. A little smush. Yeah. Then you're, okay. then you're set. So anyways, um, what she would do is she would then take glasses like these. Okay. A little bit smaller. Uh, for my brother and I, and then she would, oh, let me pour, let me show my manners. Oh, thank you. She'd pour a little bit of milk in the cup. This was, again, post-cereal. My mom was a black coffee drinker, so she would dip these in her coffee, huh. which you'll see in a minute, leave a horrible residue, like yeah. floaties big time, but actually tastes amazing. So I would even so say if somebody was looking for an alternate to the recipe, yeah, black coffee, I would could totally be do good. that. It was a little hard in our facilities today to come with black coffee on the fly, but milk will work totally great. And here's the real key. You're going to snap this in half. Oh. You're going to make these into quarters. And okay. what you're going to and the reason why is dunking gets difficult, yes. but a quarter works really well. So you're going to get as clean of a break as you can. Important to have the perforations maybe going on Align. the same. Yes. Oh, yes. that was not, that was bad. Now, let me give you this trick of the I'm trade. I'm embarrassed. Because you're going to drip, this is how it's going to go. You're going to put your milk cup on your plate. So oh, when you dribble, okay. you will dribble onto the plate. And this is the key. You're going to pick up one of the quarters. Okay. You're going to dunk about halfway down. Leave it there for about three or four seconds. That's Lift up good. and ingest. Mm. Mm. Really shocking the graham cracker there. Just enough. Mm -hmm. Too much, too soggy, mm -hmm. too little, too crisp. Mm. Just right. And this is it. Like, this is the extent of my cooking, baking master mastery. Do you still eat it as breakfast dessert or when's your kind of typical timing that this is coming? I figured out how to use this any time of the day. I mm. love this. I eat it often. And you growing up in my home could attest to that. Yes. My other kids would as well. And uh, it just makes for a really great snack. Those who are good baker chef people will recognize this is not ganache in any sense of the term. So I apologize. It just rhymed with Graham. Really it's, well. um, they might say it's ganache. Mm. That's good. So how is that? Yeah. Graham cracker and peanut butter do not. And um, there's our floaties. Definitely to a T. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's a. There's no way you're gonna escape. You are gonna floaties. want to expect floaties for sure. Um, not too. Thank you for showing me this. You're this so is a, a pretty quick, convenient, mm -hmm. easy recipe. I will say, I was pretty familiar with this recipe, yeah. but. Um, what is new to me this time around is the uh, note about being able to do it with black coffee. Yeah. I've never tried it, but now I'm imagining that could be a good thing. Yeah, and the win is with black coffee, right, there's no creamer, there's no sugar, so it's that straight up just coffee taste. And as a kid who couldn't stand the taste of coffee, my mom would dip those for me and I'd be able to get a bite out of her coffee. I was like, that didn't taste half bad with a little bit of chocolate and graham cracker or peanut butter and graham yeah, cracker. Yeah. So, and I know that there's some people who even, you know, throw like a little 
butter or something like that in their coffee. So I'd oh, imagine that that's like a similar. You've got taste. a base there, mm -hmm. yeah, that it kind of works. Yeah. So whole and by reason. By the way, I didn't just do this recipe to do it. I'm eating this. Yeah. So just so you know. Oh no, I'm right here with you. Right. So. Tell me this, whole reason why we're doing this um, is because this series that we're diving into, Place at the Table, mm -hmm. has a heavy emphasis on food. Remind me. Um, what was kind of your, let's just go to kind of conception of the series. What was, what drew you to this kind of topic and made you think like, man, this would be a good thing for our church to dive into the meals in Luke? Yeah. Well, one thing I'm excited about in our series uh, Eric Thomas, um, a friend of High Desert Church, uh, Biola professor, associate pastor, elder at his church down in La Mirada. We were at Forest Home together uh, one summer. And I think as we were talking, he, he actually brought up this topic of Jesus and food. And I think hmm. it came out of a book that, and he'll be here in this series with us in a couple of weeks. So he may even reference that book, but a book I think of from a theologian about just the, the, the wild character of God demonstrated in the food that we eat. Mm. It was really a cool concept. And then I started thinking, well, we might have even, I can't remember if he mentioned the book of Luke or not, but like we said this weekend, when you read Luke, there are just so many meal environments that Jesus is in. And I just thought, you know, what a great way. It's, it's the food like we're doing right now is fun. And, and I'm sure that was a part of it, but what happens at a meal can often be just great conversation. Mm. And the kind of things you could talk about that you wouldn't necessarily talk about just walking down the road or driving in the car, but there's something about breaking bread together, sharing, passing across the table, appreciating the chef, the cook, you know, all those things that just, um, it seems to be really rich. So. Yeah. That's kind of where it came from was, yeah, it's really interesting. Luke, more than any of the Gospels, talk about Jesus at the table with people. Mm. I thought that's where a lot of great community happens. And it is so interesting. Like, I think food feels so unspiritual mm -hmm. for Jesus. It's like it's so physical, right? It's so, uh, like, overtly physical that it feels like a weird thing to make a, a big deal of or mm -hmm. to even draw that connection. But I think that's what's so beautiful is... Um, even from your message this weekend, that Jesus cares about every aspect of who we are, yeah. um, even down to the very nature of feeding us. And, and food is such a great example of how God, even in the way that he creates, he creates so strategically to offer these really interesting combinations and mm -hmm. things like that that are so like exciting to us. We all have favorite foods. We have things that we enjoy eating more than other things. So I think that whole combination is really interesting. Like, of course, that's a place that Jesus is going to meet people because it's a place that we see so much of God's character. And it's one of the common graces as well, right? Mm -hmm. it, food tastes good for everybody, except for you for a short season. <laughs> no, bro, that was a long season. Almost yeah. five years. Yeah. That was a long time. Yeah. I couldn't taste or smell for a little bit. But generally, food tastes good for everybody. And so um, such a cool space that Jesus kind of invades in his earthly ministry um, because it's this convergence of all these things. You've got need. Like, I'm not going to go very long without food, so I need food. Then you have desire too, 
food is one of the things that um, most of us, we just want, you yeah. know, it's not just a need, but it's like, I actually would like to eat X, Y, or Z. I enjoy eating this. So you've got need and want, and then you've got that other convergence of community. So you bring God into need, want, and community. That's kind of like the whole centrality of like where he does his work. So it makes a ton of sense that he shows up there. Yeah. I'm also concerned about this next break here because I, see how you do. I did poorly I only did, time. I only did my first break. Let's see how I do in my second. I went the other way. So mine was it worked. okay. It okay. worked out. Less, yeah, yeah. less than stellar, but okay. So note from this is don't put too much pressure on yourself, I guess. Yeah, it's okay. And, the, and these don't really, this particular brand doesn't have great perforated lines mm -hmm. like other ones do. So even more have realistic It's nice because it's pre-halved, but mm -hmm. yeah, you don't want, about it. don't have good perforations. There's truth to that. So tell me this. If I'm looking to lean in and look at God as this... Um, person with unlimited resources instead of viewing him in a very limited way, which the example of feeding the 5,000 is so good for. Um, I, I, I see that in the story, right? I see this like, Jesus, there's no way you could do this. But then like everybody's mind is blown. But then I'm also sitting there thinking like, that's great, but Jesus isn't over at Hook Park. He's not here with me now. Um, physically. So how do I, when I reach a, a crisis or I reach something that's not going well and I, I'm in need, how do I look to God with that confidence of his unlimitedness as I'm assuming likely I will not continue to get more graham crackers and peanut butter as I keep breaking them the same way that he did. Mm -hmm. So how do I, when I haven't seen that level of his unlimitedness, how do I practically kind of tap into that perspective? Yeah, I think it's the last thing that you just said that really is the issue. When I haven't seen that level of his provision or mm. his care mm. for, in my life. And, and the wild thing is for many of us, we have seen significant ways he has cared for us, but we have amnesia. Mm. We keep forgetting God. When I was so sick, and people prayed for me, man, doctors didn't have a good answer, but I got better. Mm. God, when I thought that this relationship was over and there was no healing that we were going to find, God, look how you brought two people to a place that we could reconcile. God, when I had that medical bill, that financial thing, I, my problems, you know, I got in a car wreck and now I got to pay for X. There was no way. And the thing is, I think we've seen God provide in ways. Mm -hmm. They might not be exactly what we need in the moment. And that's what I thought was so powerful about the story yesterday. It wasn't the first miracle the disciples had ever seen. Yeah. They'd seen him do other things. They hadn't seen him do this one. Yeah. Right. As though it's like a trick. In this particular They hadn't setting. seen him feed thousands of people, but they had seen him cast out demons. They had seen him heal the sick. Mm. Um, he'd done powerful things. That night, he's going to now show his mastery over nature by calming the water. And that's a, and it's a wild thing. They just saw him feed thousands of people from a kid's lunch. And then they're blown away. Who is this that commands the sea, even yeah, the seas? They're still like, freaking out. The same guy who came up with all that food at lunch earlier today. 
So I think, and there, and again, not to be hard on the disciples because we see that in our own lives. God, I haven't been here before. Mm. I'm not sure how you're going to meet this. Mm. And I think part of our problem is we don't do that commemorating well. We don't go backwards and just say, God, and I think we even started the calendar year that way here at HCC. I failed to mention that yesterday, but it was stacking rocks. Looking back at 2022, God, where were the areas of your faithfulness? How did you show yourself strong and present in my life? How did you meet needs? And I think if we keep failing to remember, every, it's almost like Groundhog Day. Every time we have a new need, oh my gosh, there's no way this is going to work out. Yeah. And I just go, at what point in my life am I just going to keep playing the same song before I realize, man, God is, has unlimited resources, but I keep getting worried about my limited problem. Hmm. And I, I just think that commemorating, stacking rocks, whatever it takes, is just such a huge thing to help us go, God, I don't know how you're going to do this, but I trust you. Hmm. I don't know how you're going to do this, but not sarcastically. Here's the little kid's lunch. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because I mean, I read into that. Maybe Andrew in full faith believed that was going to be the ticket. Yeah. It's hard for me to think that. Seems but, pretty snarky. But I just go, man, I want in faith go, God, I, there's not much here, mm. but I've seen you be faithful before. Why do I just so quickly go to doubt? Mm. And I'm almost kind of hearing in what you're saying, like part of our problem is we do a little bit too much apples to apples comparing. Mm. So it's like, I've been in this situation before God with God and he's been proven faithful, but I, you know, I was kind of sick here. I'm really sick here. Yeah. Or that was with illness. This is with finances sure. or illness. And now I'm in a car accident or whatever it is. Like we're doing too much comparing the apples to apples saying, okay, I see that he could do this, but that doesn't mean that he can do X, Y, or Z over here. And I think we're not seeing what he's done for us in the past as a demonstration of his sovereignty and power over everything. Yeah. We're seeing it as like, I think similarly maybe to the disciples, even in the example that you're giving. Well, he can heal people. He can cast demons out. If everybody here was sick or there was a bunch of demon possessed people, he could handle it. Yeah. But this is different. they're hungry. Yeah. So it's, and that's the other thing about it that's so interesting. Again, back to hunger, not feeling spiritual to us. It's like so overtly not feeling spiritual mm -hmm. that they're like, well, it's not a spiritual problem, yeah, right? Exactly. It's a physical problem. How could yeah. he be helpful in this area? And I think that, like I'm convicted about that when I, when I think about that more because I, I look at my own life and I say, man, how much? do I kind of put God into a box? And I say, well, he does these things really well. It's not even like I've totally forgotten them. He, he's provided for, I mean, there are so many people, it's so interesting when I'll interview somebody for their um, baptism or something like that. It's so interesting the things that'll come up. There's always probably at least one in their story. And uh, what I hear a lot is a car accident that they should have died in that they didn't. I hear that one a ton, yeah. um, but sometimes it's financial, sometimes it's a health thing. And so we have those kind of like, that's my, that's my pillar that I come back to, that God showed up for me in this way. Um, but then we almost put him in a box of like, okay, well, I know he can care for my illness, or I know he can protect me from a car accident, but can he protect me from this new thing that I'm facing? Yeah. And that's so interesting that we don't carry those over.
Yeah. We so, just kind of keep them in that lane. Yeah. How do we bridge that gap? How do we kind of hold that higher view of him? Yeah. And maybe it's a little bit, you know, I go back again, the stacks of rocks, these were altars of remembrance in the Old Testament where sometimes God directed them and other times they didn't need any cue at all. We're going to build the stack of rocks so we would remember, even tell our kids and grandkids, this is what God did. But God never delivered the same way. Mm -hmm. Right. One stack of rocks, they were commanded as you cross over the Jordan River that's being opened up just like the Red Sea was. Take a rock from the middle, each one from each tribe, put the stack of rocks on this side. Well, OK. And God did a miracle. They walked through and there's a stack of rocks. And that means later on, that's how God got all of our people across the Jordan River. And we commemorate it. But another time, God shows up miraculously and defeats an entire army. They build a stack of rocks. Yeah. And so I think that's, in, again, in the commemor commemorating and memorialization of things, I think we will even see in our own lives, because mm. here's the other part, we can also slip into, well, God met that need before. He's got it. Yeah. And we begin to go, and he's going to do it the exact same way. Yeah. And it's like, no, he still does have it, meaning he's sovereign over everything. It doesn't mean he's going to do it the same way. And maybe he's not going to do it at all because he's got something else that he wants to teach us mm -hmm. rather than the way I provided last time. So again, I think what it comes down to is who's controlling what? Yes. And it's so yeah. easy for us to want to control our lives, control all the chaos, or it's easy to go, I can't control it, but God, I... I want to control you so you can control it. Yeah. And we turn him into the genie again. Yeah. And I think we just have to keep coming back to, back to that key word of sovereignty. There's nothing that gets into my life that doesn't first go through his grit. Mm. I have to keep coming back to that. So I stop looking at myself as lucky, but I also stop looking at myself as somehow cursed mm. or like God was sleeping when this one happened. If he's sovereign, Overall, that includes everything in and out of my life. So I've got to keep coming back to God. You knew this was going to happen today. Yeah. What provision do you have? How, how am I to walk in obedience? Most likely, how am I going to wait on you for what, you know, you're going to provide? Who do I need to ask help for? Mm. Right. These are all at the end of the day, there was a lunch. Yeah. <laughs> you know, somebody had to find the kid and bring him to Jesus so it's just all those pieces that I feel like, I just feel like if we would remember better, because our stories would not be all in one lane. Mm. They wouldn't all be financial. Yeah. They wouldn't all be relationships. They wouldn't all be health. They'd be everything. Yeah. And then we're able to go, okay, God, I've never been here before with this circumstance, but look at all the ways you've shown yourself faithful before. Yeah. And even those examples that you've given from Israel, those are community remembrances yes, not just a meeting. they're not just community too but they're generational mm -hmm. that's what's so interesting about that reality of like okay if i did a better job of remembering in my own life i've seen god show up in all of these different ways but then if i started looking at the way that he's shown up to my family to my parents to my parents parents to the way that he showed up in my church and their lives, right? If I start kind of gathering these stories and these remembrances, I think that's why testimonies play such a big role in our faith because they really are our stacks of rocks today, which yeah. is to say, this is the story of how God has showed up and he's changed my life or he's delivered me from X, Y, or Z. I think that's such a significant thing because it, it 
should boost that confidence that like, okay, well, if he showed up for this person this way and this person this way in the same problem, but it was two totally different ways, then man, how can he show up for me in a very similar problem? And it might not be either of those ways. It might be a third. Yeah. And such a great reminder too, that he can fill the need however he wants to. Yeah. Um, if he was still walking around this earth today and there were 5,000 people to feed, um, it could go a million different ways. Yeah. He could he could sustain them and they could hang out for 80 days just being sustained in his presence and never needing food. There could be a bunch of fish that start hopping out of the Sea of Galilee because he's Lord over the fish too. Yeah. There could, I mean, you just walk down the line. There's so many different ways that he could have met that need. There's not just the, you know, it's like if you run into the same situation next time, it's not just uh, who's got a lunch, yeah. right? Like that's what we want to go to. Repeat lightning. Because we would love for him to be systematized mm. because that would mean like, okay, well now there's kind of a, a way that we can know to rely on the system and work in it. It's like, you don't rely on the system. You rely on him yeah. and he fills those needs differently. So if you were to kind of look at this whole series um, that'll run through Easter, what's your hope for our church family that they kind of pull out of this series? What are some of the themes or things like that that you're hoping that they see? Yeah, I think two come to mind. One is I just want us to keep getting to know Jesus better. Mm. I loved one of the blanks. I rarely think much about our notes except for they just keep us dialed in. But that we're we're discovering who Jesus is once experience at a time. Like he's revealed himself in his word. And as we're interacting with his word, we're getting to know him. But it's as though when we when we apply that truth to our circumstances, that's when we're getting to know the God of the universe. And he's making himself very real and known in those moments. Mm-hmm. And so my hope is in different um, experiences around a table, as we hear Jesus teach, as we see him heal, as we see him be worshiped um, in multiple other environment or things that happen, I'm excited about we will get to know the Jesus that we love and that, that we follow even better in these mm-hmm. next few weeks leading up to the resurrection. And I think my other one is back to what we just said a minute ago about community. We're a church who really believes in the power of influence, the power of relationships. That's how most of us have come to faith in Christ is through that Oikos connection. Um, We know that we're commissioned and called to be people of influence in our worlds. And I just think maybe especially kind of on this side of, of when we were so isolated from one another, maybe a reminder about the value of what happens around tables. Mm what happens at a meal. And maybe we'll be reminded of that they're just profound conversations and sometimes the simple ones yeah. that happen when we break bread together. And so I'm hoping that our church family will really be, take thought about the people in our networks, our Oikos relationships, and just say, man, I, I just want to get a meal with you. Hmm. I want to catch up. I want to connect. I want to ask you more about your story, what God's doing in your life. And if you want to know, I'll share what he's doing in mine. Hmm. And I just feel like that would be a big win for us as a church family to go. What's the power of breaking bread together that can really lend itself to some really great conversations? Yeah, there's such, um, I think when we start looking at the table missionally, like Jesus looked at the mm-hmm. table. That's what's so interesting about the people that he sits with is they're just 
never the right people. <laughs> it's nobody's ever happy with who he's sitting with. And he has such um, strategery around who he accepts invitations from, who he's willing to sit with. And there's a real like leaning into where he's welcome too. Like that's what's so interesting is you kind of wonder to yourself like, man, I wonder why Jesus didn't have more meals with the Pharisees and the religious people. And there's those passages that he says, I'm, I'm here for the sick. But then I think there's also another real sense that he kind of does sometimes and it doesn't really seem to go well because he's not welcome there. Yeah. And so there's this uniqueness to looking at Jesus at a table to say, how can I make sure that he's welcome in my life, that he's welcome at my table and that I make, I make room because he is going, his influence, his power is going to grow where he is welcome. And so how can I make that kind of fertile ground in my own life where he's welcome here? Um, but then at the same time, man, who are, how could I be a little bit more strategic like Jesus was? He looked at the table as this, as this holy, sacred place that really became a mission field for him to get to have people's ears for a dedicated period of time. Like you might not like to hear what I'm gonna say, but you wanna finish this food, so I know I've got you for at least that long. <laughs> and it's like, that's a really interesting, you know, way to look at it. And um, people are probably a whole lot less interested in coming over to our house for a debate about their faith than they are to come over to our house for a meal, to be cared for, to be heard, to be asked questions, and then to be given some truth as well. And so I think you mix that together, like this could be a really potent series for us as a church family. Yeah. I'm excited for it. That's great. Well, thank you for teaching me how to make some ganache here. Yes, ganache. I like that. Ganache. Yes, some graham cracker, peanut butter, ganache. Um, I'm going to ask a question for them. I know the answer to it. Um, you drink this or or I you throw it away? To, I tend to floaties and all. Yes, floaties and all. It goes down. I'm what here for it. You're going to do it for it? I'm a little behind you, so you're just gonna have to trust me. I did it later. It's uh, yeah, it's good. It works. It works. Mm -hmm. Well, because the beauty of this whole beauty of this recipe is every time you have peanut butter, you're like, I wish I had, you know, a nice glass yeah. of milk to go with it. Yeah. This is built into the whole design of it. Yeah, and the bummer is once in a while you'll have two of the three components, but not the third. That's all you can think about. Yeah. When do I get me some more graham cracker, peanut butter, ganache? Yep. You're going to get addicted. Well, thanks for joining us here on Tangible Takeaways. Uh, we hope it's been beneficial for you. Don't forget to like the video, maybe share it with a friend and subscribe so that you get future video updates as well. Uh, and let us know there in the comments if you decide to make some graham cracker, peanut butter, ganache alongside us. Uh, give your rating of Pastor Todd's snack, one through 10. We'd love to know what you think, floaties and all. 11. Uh, <laughs> that's it for this week. We'll catch you guys next week on Tangible Takeaways.